Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. This is Brian here with Jimmy and Paul. And today we're going to be covering episode two of the Disney Plus original series, Loki. This episode is entitled The Variant for obvious reasons, but this is just going to be a quick hitting reaction episode because Jimmy and I had a nice long conversation with the boys over at the Chillin' with Villains podcast. That was a blast and we covered the episode deep dive over there. So please check them out. Once again, they are Chillin' with Villains. We got everything you need to know about episode two over there. Check out their podcast everywhere you can find it. YouTube, the works, Chillin' with Villains. But... I'd like to formally welcome Paul to the Loki train. What's up, homie? We missed you on episode one. Yeah, what up, man? I want to turn it over to you. And real quick, let's just hear your thoughts on the pilot. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was upset. Couldn't make it on episode one. Couldn't get that free screening, but you guys killed it. And uh, what you guys touched on in the first episode, which I 100% agree on, and which I loved about the show, is Loki's development. So, you know, we have Avengers Loki and how are they going to make him different from the Loki that we know after the same events? And I was really worried that all of a sudden he was going to be like, okay, I'm on your side, like out of nowhere as soon as he gets captured. But like you guys broke it down the way they showed him what his future actions would do, his mom dying, his brother never being able to like fully trust them, And him admitting that it's for the illusion of control and power i was like okay this definitely works now they just broke him down from literally he thought of himself as a god to now he's like a variant running around he's like a prisoner with this jacket on episode two um and i just love it so much owen wilson has been insane mobius love him and you guys nailed it and i didn't even realize it but they just play so well off of each other that it's been an absolute blast to watch and that's like the only downside to episode two the the ending i'm nervous that we're going to get less mobius now which is upsetting but i'm also so excited to see where this goes yeah paul let me hear your reaction about seeing that these infinity stones are nothing now after Dude, 10 years. Yeah, like that was the ultimate goal, like the lives lost getting it. And it's like, oh, yeah, like paperweights. Um, also, Crazy. that that actor, hysterical. What's a, what's a fish? Yeah, That was amazing. <laughs> this show is actually like really funny too. But yeah, I, Loki even said it, like this could be the most powerful, you know, powerful power in the universe, the multiverse. And something you guys said that I now that's all I can think of is like you said that the 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 timekeepers mm-hmm. um they are almost too big to be true and like yeah. now I'm thinking like why Loki's asking to wa- see him he's wanting to see him um and the way they're building it up I'm I'm totally like just I can't get that out of my head they're like totally not real yeah we talked about that a little bit with chilling with villains um you know not a lot of the people can say that they've met them or seen them. And we had a, the one scene where the girl, uh, minute woman who was caught by our variant saying, Oh my God, I'm sorry. I gave up the timekeeper's location. But really we were like, that seems a little suspect because why would she, a minute woman know someone that low down on the totem pole, know where they're located. You know, we, we have our boy Mobius hasn't even met them. Doesn't know anything about them really. Uh, Ravona 
seems like she may have met them, but she's always a little shady when they're being brought up too. So there's some merit. Yeah, I think at this point, I have a healthy skepticism of the timekeepers. But if not the timekeepers, then who is keeping this TVA afloat? It's clearly not Ravona Renslayer. She's not, I, I don't think she is capable of being the puppeteer of all of it. So I think there's got to be someone uber powerful, like significantly stronger than Thanos level, obviously, if these infinity stones ain't shit anymore. Yeah. And if not the timekeepers, then who would be my question? Yeah. I mean, for all we know in the MCU, the only thing close would be Eternals. And I don't think they're going to go Eternals yet because if they do do that, I feel like they would have to be villains, right? If it's not going to be the timekeepers being actually the timekeepers. So I I honestly think that they are going to be real, but they're just going to stay off screen and they're just going to be overarching over, over top of the whole situation throughout however long, like I wanted to bring up really quick that Zach, the comic guy, let me actually get his quote because I I had said during episode one that he would know more than me about the TVA. And he actually was cracking me up because it's true what I read. He said that he wasn't really familiar with them either because they really don't get brought into the comics too often. And he said his only exposure was the Dan Scott She-Hulk run, which I did bring up in episode one. He said the TVA in the comic universe is basically an inside joke about continuity mess ups because, you know, comics are written so long over time that there's always going to be shit. You're not going to be able to pay attention to everything. So shit's going to get messed up. So they kind of use the TVA as some kind of inside joke with that. So I don't know. Like, I don't know if they're after Loki or they going to stay a thing or they, but You know, that's just something we don't need to talk about now because we'll have to see how the rest of the series pops off. But, um, Paul, let me ask you this question. You didn't get to see the pre-screening. And we talked about with Chillin' with Villains how hard it was to do an episode one reaction, knowing what happens in episode two and and trying not to spoil anything. And we didn't bring up anything about a female Loki because we didn't want to give any kind of spoiler. And obviously, the end of this episode, a female variant comes up and... So you see episode one and we find out that we're looking for Loki, right? That's the reveal, right? So the thing that was weird in my head when I was rewatching episode two is that they show this variant again in episode two, but the whole time the person is hooded and you don't see anything. Why keep the person hooded if it's not going to look different, like a different kind of Loki after we already know that the reveal is Loki? Like, wouldn't you think that we get the reveal now episode two Unless it's, there's going to be another reveal about how he or she looks, we should just get Tom Hiddleston number two walking around killing people or doing whatever. That's That was like one of the things that I was thinking when I was watching the pre-screening that it's going to look different or he or she. I didn't really think Lady Loki at all, to be honest, but I thought, okay, this is going to be a different looking Loki. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that was like my main guess of what was going to happen. I literally thought it was going to be Tom Hiddleston playing both parts. Yeah. So I, I thought episode two, it was funny how they were going through. They pulled up like the little hologram and they're like, all right, like we've dealt with Loki a lot. Like here's what the different Lokis we've dealt with, like looking weird, all different races and stuff like that. Um, so once they showed that, I was like, okay, maybe it isn't just a normal Loki. Um, but after episode one, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was expecting just like clone action going on. Right. The reveal, like why keep mm-hmm. why keep the person hooded unless there's a second reveal? That's kind of where, where I was going with it. So what do you mean, like, keep him hooded? OK, so episode one happens. And at the very end of episode one, Mobius says the other variant, the person we're hunting is you, Loki. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So 
you keep the person hooded in episode one because that's the reveal. It's Loki. So to us as viewers, we don't know who it is at the time. But now episode two comes about. Why keep the person hooded in our eyes if we already know it's supposed to be Loki unless there's something else different about the variant or some other red Uh, herring? Okay, so yeah, you're saying like as you're watching episode two, you're like, okay, this Loki is obviously still hidden. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Now I see what you're saying. And yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Like, that's what I was kind of alluding to. Um, episode two, as soon as it started, they kind of from the bat was like, all right, this Loki is a Loki, but it may look different. So now you kind of get got the gears turning. And I actually said out loud, like, hey, it might be the female Loki because I listened to Chillins with Villains episode yeah. one, their reaction to episode one, and they brought that up. And I was like, huh. I mean, that definitely could be a thing yep. um, that that was in the comics before. Right? I've definitely seen pictures of that. Yep. So the one question that I have now, though, which like I'm just dying to know, is Loki going to bang female Loki? <laughs> so that's what I thought, because wasn't there a leak from Kevin Feige or whatever that there's going to be like one of the most interesting romances in the MCU? I feel like that has to be Loki, like getting it on with himself. <laughs> Oh my no goodness. Way. I actually I didn't realize. I actually didn't see that. That's funny. Or maybe it was Tom Hiddleston. Maybe it was just the admission that like Loki is gender fluid or something. Yeah, like that. that. Did but then come out. I think they parlayed that into another quote saying this show is gonna have like a crazy romance. Okay, okay. That's funny. I did see the gender fluid comment, which totally makes sense because Loki's been gender fluid in the comics forever, you know? Yeah. And so um, but that that would be crazy. Would that be Paul sexiest scene, dude? Definitely. Loki, Loki and Loki. Yeah, he knows or she knows everything that he or she likes. Like <laughs> they're the same person. That's crazy. I do want to get us into a different train that Lady Loki might not be Loki at all. And Jim, I don't want to steal your thunder, so I'm gonna hand it off to you as to who this Lady Loki might actually be. Yeah, so one of the big knowledge bombs that we dropped for the Chill with Villains homies was that Lady Loki may not actually be Lady Loki. There is a rumor that she may be a Marvel villain known as Enchantress, not the popular DC version that was uh, Cara Delevingne. Um, there's two versions of Enchantress, and I and if you guys want to hear the full thing about it check out chilling with villains we're going to keep plugging it because that is our big deep dive but a couple notes on this enchantress character there's two versions of her there's an older version but then there's a younger version and this younger version's name is sylvie lushton and she was literally given her power she's a normal person who was given her powers by loki loki was trying to use her for one of his plots and transferred part of his powers over to her so she has very similar powers to loki she literally has the same color scheme as loki when he's doing his magic so she has the green as part of her magic and her biggest thing is mind control and Check out Chilling with Villains if you want to hear our biggest uh, reason why we think her character is Enchantress and not Lady Loki. Not going to give it to you guys here. Check that out over there. But we do think that she could be Enchantress and not Lady Loki. That makes so much sense because I was watching with Emily and she said that out loud. And I was like, wait, you're totally right. When we see that this mystery loki is enchanting people and then that that person is touching another person and passing it off loki says like oh like enchanting that's you know clever emily was like wait didn't he need the spear to do that in boom the Emily's a smart woman 
She is, dude. Uh, she is smart with this shit. I remember when she called that Mandalorian thing. Like, why don't they just strap dynamite to the bison and have the worm eat it? Do you remember that? I was just yeah. like, I didn't think that at all, man. I know. She catches a lot. Um, she and she caught a, this. She is I, a smart woman, man. I was like, that's that's makes so much sense. And I didn't know. I didn't put Enchantress together. Um, I don't know too much about she's her. She's very, she's very, she's not a huge thing in the comics, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, another thing about her, though, is that she is a villain for the Young Avengers, and we've been talking Young Avengers throughout this entire MCU show, show run for uh, WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter so Soldier. I was going into her a little bit. Is she a straight up villain? Because it seems like she kind of worked with some of the Young Avengers and then had various falling outs with some of them, but not like a straight up villain villain. I think she's similar to Loki. She's kind of like an antihero, you know? Yeah. At times, she'll be the villain. At times, she'll help them out. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Honestly, I think, listen to the Chilling with Villains pod, because I feel like there's several things that we covered there that I, I'm like over 50% that this theory is a thumbs up. I feel uh, good about it. Yeah, our slam dunk is we're saving that for the Chilling with Villains podcast, guys. So check it out. Uh, yeah, I unfortunately couldn't make it on the Chillings with Villains podcast either, so I'm just going to give my thoughts about a few other things on episode two that I loved. One was seeing Loki use his powers again. You know, like he just drying himself off. I was just excited that you know he was being his mischievous self. Um, and then two, I thought it was freaking genius the way they explained how this mysterious Loki was hiding in catastrophes apocalyptic events yeah yeah i was insanely smart and i never would have thought of it and that makes me think loki is just a genius for one thinking of it and doing it and then two the other version of loki figuring it out it's just it was so cool and with only like a few files too and they could figure out where they were hiding out which you know catastrophe it was so well written yeah, I completely it, agree. I like the consistency that both of the Lokis, even though they're variants of the same person, their minds still work the same way. So who knows how long the TVA has actually been working on catching this variant within like a week. Our Loki is just like, oh, yeah, this is what she's doing. We got her. Yeah, yeah, that that it proved his worth. It's the only reason he got kept around. Uh, uh, one more thing I wanted to say was I just wanted to put respect on Mobius's name because in the first crime scene, they're looking at, you know, hmm. Loki's trying to pull this bullshit. He's like, don't go outside. Like this yeah. is a bigger deal than we thought. We need to go to the timekeepers ASAP. Like Mobius, when he was letting Loki do that whole rant, he was like, let's just see him out. Let's just steer him out. And he, all of a sudden he's like, Nope, you're an idiot. Like, <laughs> Mobius won't fall for Loki's shit, which I love because he, he even said it. He read everything there is to know about him and like every other timeline version of him. Dude reminded me of a Barney, how I met your mother when he goes on this long spiel and he has the gang like listening. And then the last thing he says is your penis is so big. You're like, <laughs> yeah. Ah, you almost had it. Yeah. 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 One step too far. Owen yeah. Wilson's comedic timing is so good. Like I actually, I was laughing at that part. Cause he's just like, you could tell he's like, listening, listen. He's like, he's bluffing. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just reset the charges. 
But, Paul, how funny was it, too, that you're talking about how good it was to see him use his magic again? How funny was it when Owen Wilson Mobius is walking to his locker and he's, gets, he's getting ready to give him his double knives and, look, he's like, yes! And then the other van, or the other uh, minute woman comes up and she's like, no, 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 and takes him away from him. It's so funny. I, I know. I was so mad, but it was actually a really good call by her yeah. because he probably would have done something because as soon as he used his magic for the first time, I was like, he doesn't have his collar on either. So could he technically just, you know, like pull some magic and portal away or run away? I mean, he said it like he said it. He's like, how do you know I won't? And and Mobius is like, listen, you know, we can catch you wherever yeah. we go. So, yeah, I was I was thinking that, too. He he definitely knows. I mean, we talked about it before the freaking Tesseract wouldn't even work in there, let alone Infinity Stone. So he, they're going to be able to find him. Yeah. Paul, what do you think about the relationship between Loki and Mobius? Because me and Jimmy kind of talked about it with the Chilling with Villains guys. It it seems at some point that that they have a genuine friendship kind of developing and that they do have a mutual respect for each other. Um, but it Loki's saying, no, nah, I'm playing a completely different game. I'm just like biding my time working, quote unquote, for the TVA. And then I'm going to stab you guys in the back. But I feel like they genuinely do kind of appreciate each other. And I see Mobius as almost a separate entity from the TVA, even though he completely buys into it. I feel like he is not at the same level as like a B-15, who is yeah. the the main guard, who is, you know, completely just mean to everybody. And then this Rabona Renslayer, the judge character, who kind of seems like more of a higher up, more serious Um and they talked about it in this episode, how Loki was the one that brought it up, that maybe me and you are the only ones that actually have free will, because even within the TVA, I can see you kind of doing your own thing. Like you took the time to bring me in and give me a chance to help you guys. Nobody else in the TVA would do that. So what do you think about their relationship? Yeah, I really liked uh, Mobius, how he is almost like he he believes in I don't want to say this religion, but like of the timekeepers and that belief, you know, they're doing their thing, creating, mapping out the rest of time. And once they finish, you know, then we're done. And, you know, I'm just a cog in the machine, but at the same time, like you're saying, he's doing his own thing. He's, he's almost working in this organization, but he is like, he knows he's smarter than his position or smarter than like the people around him. So it is cool. Like he's even like working a judge over and stuff like that. Those little conversations. And then they're banging, get, right, Paul? I, I think so. <laughs> he's, he's like, I'm your favorite. Um, but yeah, yeah. He made some joke. He was like, oh, like, I don't recognize that like souvenir. Yeah. Like, oh, is that some other agent? But to go back to Mobius and Loki's relationship, I loved the line where Mobius says, hey, you can take this one of two ways. Like one, I see a shivering boy in the cold who I just like want to bring in and like, you know, take care of. Or two, I just want to get this fucking murderer and like I will do whatever it takes. I think there was 100% truth in both of those things. I think he sees something in this Loki that he can relate to or is sympathetic with for some reason. Um, we don't really know his background too much, so that'll be interesting if there's something there. Mobius is, that is. Um, and I think there's going to be a point somewhere in the show, there has to be, where the relationship is either going to be, all right, like we mutually respect each other, or okay, we have two different 
objectives, two different goals, and we're going to clash. So we're going to have to take each other out. And the thing is that I don't know which way it's going. Right. And I really like that. I feel like at this point, like you said, there's truth to both options, but I feel like it's up to Loki to take the lead. It all depends on Loki's level of cooperation with Mobius. Mobius has definitely given him every chance to kind of do the right thing and cooperate. And I feel like if he did, he could like carve out a nice little cushy job here in the TVA. He could like have this glorious purpose, if you will. Um, I still don't know where Loki's head is. I I don't know what his ambitions are in this series. And I also want to skip to the end because our boy Mobius, you know, Loki had a chance to do the right thing. He was left there looking at this open time door. Mobius was saying, wait, Loki, wait, wait, wait. And he went through the time door. Do you think that was a straight up 100% betrayal of Mobius? Or do you think that there might be a little bit more to it? Do you think Loki is 100% backing this lady Loki? So I definitely think he's weighing his options. I think he's like, okay, if I don't follow her into this portal and I stay with Mobius, then I'm never going to know what her intentions are or you know what a good strategy to go against her could be or even who she is or who she's working for or with. So I think him following her was him not completely betraying Mobius, but making it look like he was, but in the back of his mind, he might be like crisscross, like double agent. Like I'm just finding out her secrets and then I'm going to come back to the TVA. Um, Because, you know, like we said before, the TVA is powerful. They're going to find him eventually. I mean, this mysterious Loki is finagling their way around them, but you know, it's going to be hard to take him down. So does he really want to start a war against them? Yeah, honestly, I think that when it comes to this Loki, he's he he already said it to Mobius. He's he's trying to always be ten step ahead, ten steps ahead. He thinks it's cute that they're trying to manipulate him. I think he's just playing both sides of the fence. He's going to follow this lady Loki, see what her deal is, see if he can get away from the TVA her way, and then if not, he might come back with some information for them, or maybe he does have a change of heart, but. Right now, I think could go either way, and he's 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 teetering on that fence right there. So, unluckily for our boy Mobius, him and the judge, Rabona Renslayer, had a conversation previously where he was begging her to give me a fully equipped task team to go and catch this variant. We have the location. And the end of that conversation, she just said, hey, by the way, if this goes south, there's nothing I can do to help you. You know, you're kind of going to be at the mercy of the timekeepers for messing up this very important project that we're working on. Everything went to shit. Loki got away. Mobius is going to have to present his case back at the TVA. I don't like his odds. And we were discussing with the chilling with villains. Is he going to go rogue? You know, is he going to kind of branch off and do his own thing from the TVA or is he going to answer to them and take whatever punishment is doled out? Yeah, I think just because of how faithful he is to the idea of the timekeepers, I feel like he is going to take the punishment. But I didn't really think of that, um, the consequences of, the, of Loki, you know, basically screwing him over right there. Because they did have that, and they basically said, hey, if he messes up one more time, he's done, and, like, you're screwed too. So I, if we have one of those scenes, though, I will crack up where it's like, turn in your gun and your badge. Like, yeah. You're suspended. Like you're, you're suspended. What, with what happens to a TVA agent? They just get deleted. Like, a- <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, interesting. I don't know because there's then there's like that whole city around yeah. them and stuff like that. It just too. it just seems too. I don't know. Like I don't want to. I really I said in episode one. I don't want it to be like I'm trying to say it's like a Mandarin, like a red herring, like it doesn't exist kind of thing. But there's just something weird about the whole thing to me. It, Definitely. Um, the one thing I wanted to talk about, Paul, you were talking about how. Mobius goes with this whole TBA thing. He believes in what he's doing, but there is something a little bit different about him than, than the other agents. I think one of the biggest thing that's things that's different is he sympathizes. He still wants to actually succeed in what the TVA wants him to succeed in. He's trying to still fulfill their purpose, but at the same time, he sees the best in people. For example, Loki, there's, there's this line where Ravona says, Loki is an evil lying scourge. That's his part in the sacred timeline. That's how he's always been. And then Mobius says, sometimes you get tired of playing the same part. Maybe he wants to do something a little bit different, right? So he's actually believing in this Loki. And when you're saying, Brian, that, you know, he gets reprimanded, maybe he will go off rogue. That doesn't mean he's going against the TVA specifically. He's still trying to fulfill their purpose, but he thinks that Loki is still the key. So he's going to be non-TVA, but him and Loki are still going to be together. Yeah, now that you bring it up, it makes complete sense. He, His mindset is so not the soldiers around him. In the two scenes that we've seen in episode one, he goes, um, the one agent is just like, oh, it's a kid. Let's just reset him. Yeah. Mobius is like, it's a freaking kid. Like He's scared. Like Relax. And then in this episode, and when they're, um, they're, they're searching for everybody and – you know, the agents are ripping up their bags and like basically shoving people around and not paying any attention. He's like, yo, these people are about to die. And the agent's like, yeah, exactly. And Mobius is like, no, like, like show some respect, like give him some sympathy. Like they're freaking out. So he definitely is like kind of like good apple and like a bad bunch. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know about you, Brian. We talked a lot on this podcast with Chilling with Villains. I only have one or two things I want to ask Paul. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up? Yes, actually. So this character, Ravona Renslayer, is actually the person that I think is most sus and has the most question marks just surrounding her. And a quick Google search shows that she is a character in the comic books. Are you familiar with who she is? Because it's nothing like what she has presented in this TV series. Yeah, so I actually do know she's in the comics, but no research at all. Not familiar. So she is a romantic interest of Kang the Conqueror. And mm. apparently when he was in that timeline, he was, like the name suggests, a conqueror. Ravona Renslayer was the daughter of a King Corellius, who was a ruler in 40th century Earth. And the kingdom that he ruled was like the last bastion of civilization that was unconquered by Kang the Conqueror on Earth. And he went here. And usually he just kills all of the hierarchy and rules the people there. But he didn't do it in this case because he fell in love with this Ravona Renslayer, who was the daughter of the king. And apparently there's a storyline where Kang the Conqueror brings in the Avengers just to show off to her and defeat them in front of her. Just be like, ah, flex on them like I could be the Avengers. Marry me. Um, but they're a romantic interest, and that directly ties into Kang the Conqueror, who, Jimmy, you've been saying since the beginning of this series that you want to see. Um, yeah, that's that's a really good point. I didn't know that at all about her. Yeah, look it up. It seems very different than how she's portrayed here, but it's such an uncommon name that it can't be unrelated, I don't think. And she has 
couple paragraphs on the wiki that I'm looking at. So she's not like a nobody within def- the comics. It's definitely weird that they would give her that name unless she's going to have some kind of connection to him. Mm-hmm. And chilling with villains actually brought up to us and we did see we didn't bring it up in our episode one, but there was the the theories that Kang showed up in episode one in the background as a TVA agent, because it looked like the same actor who's going to be Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man and the Wasp 3. So he right now, the actor is totally saying, I don't know what you're talking about. That's not me. Who knows? But we do know that Kang and Ant-Man 3 with Quantum Mania is going to be totally about time travel, multiverse, that kind of stuff. He's the reason why we they were able to really time travel in Avengers. So Kang being a part of that and tying in with this Loki, it could be a thing. I mean, if the timekeepers aren't real like we're skeptical, could Kang the Conqueror be a powerful enough entity to be the top dog in the TVA? Hey, and that man. would make sense that he's romantically affiliated with this person right below him this ravona renslayer that hey yeah. book it man. that's i like that i like that i don't know definitely look up and read up on her in the comic books because it, it can't be completely unrelated you know what i mean yeah yeah that's what that, i'm gonna be thinking now i'll tell you that that's really good it, it's either it's either kang or mephisto i'll tell you that right now <laughs> one of the two <laughs> lock it in uh, all right, Paul, let me ask you a question. Did you have any theories or or did you even think twice when Mobius kept bringing up the other analysts to Ravona? Because there's a scene where you already alluded to it earlier in the pod, but he brings up like three times in like two minutes, this other analyst. And do you think there's going to be another somebody who's going to take over for Mobius if he's reprimanded or something that another named character, more like a villain version of Mobius that might be a problem for us in the next couple episodes. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about how we could see Mobius being reprimanded for losing this Loki and this task force that he was given. So I could totally see somebody called like TikTok or something. Yeah. Other. Clock related on there. Miss um, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know who it could possibly be. Yeah, it's going to be a new character. Yeah. But yeah, I couldn't a million percent see Owen Wilson taking the backseat to some other agent. And Paul, I don't think we didn't bring this up chilling with villains and we didn't bring it up in episode one. Did you catch how they always talk about these Nexus events? Do you remember, Ryan, you as well from WandaVision, the commercial, the Nexus medication? Oh, no, I do uh, now, Jimmy. I yeah. do now, bro. Uh, yeah, I, I brought wanna... up in episode one that was the anomaly that Wanda created. Wouldn't that be a Nexus event? Yep. Unless it's part of the sacred timeline, but I feel like she went completely rogue in that. So, yeah, yep. And She's, it... I mean, there, like I was saying, in WandaVision coverage, there are such things as Nexus characters and they're the kind of characters that can do exactly pretty much what the TVA doesn't want to be done. So, Wanda is considered one of them, you know, and we know that she is manipulating a lot and she's going to keep doing it. So who knows if she's going to have a run in with the TVA. It would also make sense that the TVA wouldn't be able to intervene because I don't even think they're strong enough to mess with whatever's going on in the anomaly, you know? Right. And, you know, they've said it, time moves a little differently there. And this is in the past. This is the events from the Loki from the Avengers. So in a weird way, because, you know, it's a TVA, they don't have a timeline 
Right. But we can say, you know, this is before the Wanda's event, technically. So it could be like a big issue coming up. Yeah, all time is happening at once to them, I think. But yeah, like you said, I brought that up in episode one too. Like when technically is this happening? Is it happening during 2012 Avengers? But again, it's Owen Wilson's Mobius said it himself, like time's all screwed up. Um, Paul, I have a higher vibe for you, dude. Oh. All right. So higher vibe. The Nexus event that happens at the very end of episode two from Lady Loki that causes all the branches is going to be the exact moment of Multiverse of Madness. Oh, um, I'm going to say hi, but okay. like, I, I, just because I feel like I'm like 70, 30 here. Like I think 30% that it could be, cause that makes a lot of sense. Cause it's literally like you, you guys brought it up in episode one, the multiverse war or the mm-hmm. interdimensional war that could totally be a thing. And that could totally be the plot to multiverse of madness for all we know. Yeah. Um, I want to say though, it, I just feel like the exact moment of multiverse of madness might be later in the show, almost like towards the end that, and like, that's kind of like the climax of it. Like this could be the beginning steps of the multiverse freaking out okay so you still think loki's gonna have something to do with it the show yeah yeah i don't don't, maybe not that moment like we saw all the red all those variants and nexus events go towards the red lines and stuff Mm -hmm. like that that might not be the big moment but it could be leading to the big moment okay what do you think I just keep thinking that one of those reset charges that she sent back in time one of them has to be sent to some point in time that's relevant to the mcu that we know so i don't know if it's going to be multiverse of madness or maybe it'll be spider-man and like halfway through that movie a reset charge will just come out of nowhere and spider-man will be like whoa what the what's going on that would just be really cool and like you said jimmy like the tva operates kind of outside of time so even though this is happening within this show they could have these reset charges appear and these these all these branches appear whenever they want in the MCU, you know, because yeah. it, it's not right. really in any time. <laughs> I didn't yeah. do this on chilling with villains. Didn't really come up. I'm about to drop a knowledge bomb for you guys because it, it's really it actually is perfect for what you're saying here, Brian. So if you take a screenshot of the screen that this agent is looking at right before or as shit's hitting the fan, it's showing where these Nexus events are popping off. And the five locations that that are noticeable are New York, USA, and that was in 1947. So doesn't mean anything. Uh, well, it could mean something, but not to us right now. Tokyo, Japan, 1984. Titan, 1982. Ego, which is literally <laughs> uh, Star Lord's dad. Remember, he's a planet yeah. himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. No way. Um, so and Asgard is one of them as well. So we know that and Vormir too. So Vormir is where the Soul Stone is located. That's where right. Red Skull's uh, guarding the Soul Stone. Asgard's one. We know that's the th- home of Thor and Loki. Sakar is another one. Uh, Ego obviously is Peter Quill's dad. Titan is Thanos' home planet. That was also on the list. Uh, New York City is the Battle of New York, and Hala is the Kree's home world, where Carol Danvers lived for a while. So those are the ones that popped up on the screen. So 
there is dates and times next to them. I don't know if the dates and times are going to matter or what or what they really mean, but the locations are very interesting to think about. That is insane. And if like you go to every one of those locations, you can say like, okay, who was the you know antagonist of that movie? Like you said, nineteen forty-seven New York. Like, wasn't that the ship that Cap had to like? fly into the ocean wasn't it headed for new york and it yeah. was supposed it to be so you know maybe she sent a reset charge and took cap out of it for back then and the plane actually did hit or something like that like you can make up a million different scenarios so it's it's so smart and so cool that they have every location on there this loki or enchantress whoever she is is freaking genius i don't think this is going to happen at all but it is kind of interesting because you just said like these hypothetical situations like what if cap didn't save it here and there that Mm. sounds exactly like the what if show that's coming yeah and what what if you know at the end of loki they do fix everything but the what if premise is you know certain episodes could be what if this actually did get messed up you know and they do that for one of the episodes i don't think so but it, it would be pretty cool yeah it's just I, we could talk all day of different things going on um, for each of those locations, but that is just so cool that they threw them in there. Yeah, like I said, guys, we wanted to keep this episode short and sweet because we do definitely want you all to check out our time with Chilling with Villains. Last time, I'm gonna plug it, Chilling with Villains. We had a great time with them. Check out our coverage of episode two over there, and be sure to keep an eye out for our continued coverage of Loki. We're gonna be covering each episode week by week as they come out. And as always, if you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on bingetowntv.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Once again, we are Bingetown TV, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.